of the building that you're in now. You were in at yeah. the same site about three blocks down the street for many years, but they tore that building down, so you That's moved right. to the, the is it 801 Overland Road. It is 801, and now instead of being above the post office, we're directly across the street. So right. I don't know who's following who, but apparently one of us is. Well, you were in the, I, I should say, I get, as the host of the show, I get to explain what you just said. I get to translate. <laughs> you were in the same, your office was in the same, your business was in the same building as the post office at Cameron Village. But when they mm -hmm. got rid of it, you moved up the road and you're across the street from the post office that's behind the church now, aren't you? That's Which, right. That's right. Exactly. All right. And I've encouraged Mrs. Kearney to go over there. She, She's a... Uh, a little wary of finding it, but I, I, Dr. Funkhauser, who's one of our guests, says he goes over there yeah. all the time. This is Kearney. It is a bit of a strange spot. Post office. Pardon me? Yeah. It is a bit of a strange spot. There's no question. Right. Uh, but, um, you know, once you find it. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It's in the middle of, of the uh, historic Oberlin community, which was a black yeah. community founded after the Civil War. And uh, But in any event, uh, yeah. You've, you've got a post office there to remind people of, well, of stamps, if, if nothing else. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so... That, um, that's the source of a lot of new collectors is all the new commemoratives that the post office puts out. And if... Um, and I, 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 I will give out the telephone number. It's 832-2291. Although people tend that's not it. to remember uh, telephones, but you do have a website. And uh, mm -hmm. what is the web address, uh, your the web address is uh, Maddox, M-A-T-T-O-X, coinsandstamps.com. Okay. That's Maddox, coinsandstamps.com, or, you know, with uh, Google as being as smart as it is with the searches, if you put something close enough to that into Google, you'll find us. That's what I do. I, I gave up on the www a long time ago. That's right. Just Google, and Google is smart enough to find it out. One thing Even I, if you spell I, it wrong. I would say... Um, and I've now I've lost my train of thought there. That's what happens when you get old. That's probably right. <laughs> uh, but but uh, that uh, you oh I know what I was going to say. You do not have a, a shop. You do you do, do not That's have correct. a place that people come in and browse. You do business by appointment only. Yes, sir. It is by appointment only. It's it's an office uh, where we you know we we meet people uh, privately. Uh, you know for for their their and our security, and so everybody feels nice and comfortable. Well, the also, I feel like this is, you know, maybe something worth mentioning now is we also are, you know, we also require masks and uh, we, have a, we have a plexiglass that we do business behind to, to make sure everybody continues to be comfortable with all this. And that, Well, that's the kind of people you are. And, uh, and I, I, I think that if a question have, person has a question about coins and stamps, and if you want to disavow this, you're on the phone with me, <laughs> uh, they, could, they could call you and... Um, uh, the uh, they would end up making an appointment and coming and visiting exactly. you that way. And usually you, mm -hmm. you, you try to approach the question of, is this uh, cigar box or penny yeah. worth anything? Well, you look at them for a few minutes, give them some free time, and if it's, oh, worth, and if it's worth it, you'd start the clock then if the, if people want sure. to do it. And if you, if not, then, then it's it's been pre up to this point. Sure, we're always happy to answer a few questions. That's, that's no problem at all. And then, of course, then a lot of people are, 
uh, want to know the answer of how it, what it is and how, what it's worth. And, and in the end, they, they want to sell it, and then we're happy to help with that. And sometimes they just, you know, want to know where the coin is that they inherited, and, and we're always happy to answer, answer some questions as well just to share some knowledge. Right. Well, you know something that we ought to do over, over time if we continue to do this, and I hope we will, uh, is yeah. to go back and present some of the basics. For instance, I was talking, you know, mm-hmm. that's a good idea. that have been done already, but then again, they were that that that, that first grade lesson was like 20 years ago, and and the right. new listeners all right. the time, and the, particularly in the nighttime, the listeners roll over a lot. That is, there are different mm-hmm. people that to p- people listening tonight for the most part mm-hmm. would not be people that would were listening or will be listening tomorrow night. So, but I, sure. I, I remember. Mrs. Kearney and I went to England to Bath, uh, the city of Bath, and uh, she went walking down the street to do some winter shopping, and I saw this thing that was uh, kind of like a, it wasn't a mall, but there were three or four stores mm-hmm. on in, in one area, and one of them was not actually a store, it was a post office uh, mm-hmm. museum kind of thing. And oh, yeah. what was there is that Bath was the place that the first, and you may correct me on this, uh, First uh, adhesive mm-hmm. stamp was put was put on a piece yeah. of metal in, in 1840. Penny black, Penny black. Mm-hmm. and uh, so uh, I, yeah, I think we went to that museum too. Pardon me. I think we went to that museum as well when we visited for right. my dad's 50th birthday. Right, and that's about the time that, that it became possible to collect stamps. But what we Absolutely. could talk about is how did people mail. I've been reading a lot about Abraham Lincoln, for instance, lately. And yeah. at the time Lincoln was young, if you wanted to mail something, and in fact, he was the postmaster of uh, mm-hmm. uh, New Salem, Illinois, for a brief time mm-hmm. when he was a young man. But he would go uh, to the post office and hand your mail in, and if, you know, if you were mm-hmm. sending it to Chicago or New York or wherever, and you would pay a fee, and, and they would stamp mm-hmm. it. They would have a stamp of some sort, or perhaps the postmaster, if he didn't have a stamp, would just sign it. He would... Mm-hmm. He would I, I think that's called franking. Exactly. Exactly. And so, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, those are samples covers. And mail was, for the most part, except in cities, not delivered then. Uh, I know mm-hmm. a man that I wrote a paper for on in college lived uh, uh, out in person, what is now Person County, and the, the mail came to uh, what they call it Rougemont then. They call it Red Mountain then in the old days. They weren't quite mm-hmm. as fancy. It wasn't in French. <laughs> and he had to go to town, more or less, to get his mail. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, yeah, right, exactly. Or perhaps if somebody was coming his way and the postmaster felt like he could trust him, he might hand it and say, give, mm-hmm. give Doc, Mr. Mangum his mail when you go by. Exactly. So, I mean, the 20s is when really mail started really, really moving around the world in the way, in in kind of the modern sense where we imagine, as you're saying, you know, with, you know full delivery and whatnot. Uh, and, and then, of course, through, you know, really getting to World War II, I mean, that's when really massive amounts of mail started moving worldwide, um, for, for obvious reasons. Well, a couple before of things, that, we, we really ought to take a break stuff. here, but I want to mention just a couple sure. more things before we do. One is that uh, something that, because uh, we had this on a trivia program one night, it was in the late 19th century that the post office developed something called rural free delivery. Exactly, uh, and mm-hmm. that was when Sears Roebuck came into business, and that and that <laughs> was kind of like the Amazon of its time. Except the catalog wasn't oh, yeah. on a screen; the catalog come came to you, and then you you oh, mailed yeah. your thing in. And, and I knew a family in Goldsboro who bought all their Christmas 
Uh, from Sears Roebuck, or they could have bought it from Montgomery Ward, but you see what I'm I'm getting at there. Yeah. And so uh, we're talking a little bit about the mail, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, We're going to talk about coins and stamps. We'll see if there's any new stamp news, any new new coin news, because of our line limitation. Our line's coming in and out of the studio. We can't really have a call-in trivia question, but we might. But Austin may have some... uh, some significant thing, some piece of trivia or uh, something like that that he thinks might be interesting to know. He is uh, with uh, Maddox, M-A-T-T-O-X, and it's key, the spelling of the name, because it is spelled in this part of the world in two or three different ways. Uh, Maddox coins his stamps, and uh, he's with us uh, tonight. It usually appears about every five or six weeks. We're going to take a break now, and when we come back... Uh, We'll continue talking about stamps, about uh, coins, and about the history of, of those things. He we had a longer first section than we need to do, but I, I think some of the information we've passed out, and the we is, is the radio guy, Tom Kearney, here, and the brains of the outfit is with us tonight is Mr. Uh, Austin Maddox. Did yeah. I say right, Austin? You know I have another friend. I've called you his name several times. That's right. Two people named Austin, and I tend to call you by his name. And the thing is, I you see you a lot more often than I see him, but his mind is stuck in my head and so on. So what shall we talk about yeah. now? You know, I mentioned something about uh, some odd, strange, and curiosity thing that you might have on it. You have, do you have a curiosity yeah. for us tonight? Well, there's a there's a couple. You know, we, you, we always like to mention new things that the Mint has put out. Okay. So, um, you know, the, the U.S. Mint always is putting out new coins. Um, there's the standard quarters, dimes, you know, whatnot for the year. And then, as, as you know, the quarters, they've been doing national parks. Uh, they've started doing national, national seashores, national forests, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the, they also put out commemoratives, which are special order material that you, you go on the U.S. government, usmint.gov, website and you can order directly so last week um they put out a one ounce palladium coin so that's a bit more of an uh, obscure thing that they put out what was the word you used palladium palladium so that's a palladium is a precious metal just like gold and silver um they they do put out a gold and silver ounce they also put out platinum ounces and just as of, I think last year was the first one, was the first one-ounce palladium coin. So that's just a real, real oddball piece they put out, uh, I think limited to 10,000 coins. Well, you know, uh, I think I observed this several shows ago, but, but in collecting things, there you can collect almost anything. For instance, you could collect... You can collect anything time. you like. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, I'm sorry. What were you saying? Exactly. Yeah. You can, exactly. You can. Everybody's got their own flavor of what they collect within coins. And and if you, for instance, one of the things that they're putting out now, if it's put out in different precious metals, mm-hmm. uh, if I was a collector, I might try to get one of each of the same thing, but but exactly. gold and silver, uh, whatever, platinum. Uh, and and, and that, what makes palladium a bit interesting is it's more expensive per ounce than gold. Uh huh. So it's, uh, it, I guess it makes it a little sexier. It's the m- most expensive one-ounce piece that you can buy a governmental round. 
Palladium, I've just pulled it up right this second, is $2,174 an ounce. Whereas gold is $1,886. So I guess we're talking about a 200 and But it's been a long time since I took chemistry and looked at the periodic table. You know what I'm talking Mm -hmm. about. And is palladium an element or is it some sort of combination of Oh, man. That's a good question. I'm not sure. I didn't didn't mean to trip you up there. But I I don't know. And the first thing I'm going to do tonight when the show is over. Yeah, now I need to know. Maybe John can look it up and see if, if that's right. you miss an element or something. He, he's so good at something, doing uh, something that's always interesting, and in, in the, the people who like gold and silver, they, they, they kind of, you know, it's kind of a one sect of people. Um, they always discuss what per, the, 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 kind of the um, comparison of how much silver, for instance, comes out of the ground compared to gold. I think it's about, I, I might be wrong on this, I think it's about 17 times as much silver comes out of the ground as gold, but the price of silver is about 40 or 50 times higher than gold, so those people kind of play these ratios of, well, how much exists, what should it really be valued at, et cetera, et cetera. Is silver really more expensive than gold? No, no, uh, the other way around. Uh, uh, so, I thought... I know, Tom, you haven't been reading the paper much lately. That's right. <laughs> no. So I guess 17 ounces of silver come out of the ground, you know, from mining uh-huh. for every one ounce of gold that comes out of the ground. But if you want to purchase gold and silver, it would take 40 ounces of silver to equal one ounce of gold. So the ratio of how much they come out of the ground to how much you have to pay to get them is out of whack. Yep, I can see. I I got I got the picture exactly now. So you know, then the investor that that makes the investors, you know, they they get itchy when they see out of whack ratios. Well, one of the things that uh, we used to do, because uh, as I say, I've been doing this program about thirty-two years now, and and your dad uh, or you have been pretty regular. Is uh, and of course it, the interest in it changes over time. Uh, but was to to investigate or at least tell tell what the price of silver was, you know, at, at, sure. a, at a closing or, or gold. Do you, that. do you have that on I've hand? I've got that right here. I do. Okay, so so gold right now is just under two thousand. It's a, well, it's just under nineteen. So it's one thousand eight hundred and eighty-six dollars today, which is uh, it's 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 quite a bit up in the, for the last. Two two and a half months now. It really spiked. It's been very high. Um, before COVID and at the beginning of COVID, it was maybe more in the thirteen to fifteen hundred dollar range. And then, Silver right now is sorry. I was going to say is that, and we're going to need to take a break here too. So just there. So, but is that primarily a function of supply and demand, or does? The political situation affected. I mean, there are people that think the world's yeah. going to come to an end. They want to grab all the gold they can get, for instance. And, right. So it tends to go up during uncertainty. Right. Um, so that's so that's a result of you know everything going on right now. Um, exactly. Those people who want to divest and okay. move money into metals. Well, hold your gold right there. We'll be back and take a look at it in a moment. Okay. I 
11. And, uh, uh, we'll be back on Wednesday night. Uh, Bryant Simon uh, is a history professor at Temple who was in this part of the world uh, uh, 20-some years ago. Uh, well, he, I think it was more like 10 years ago that he actually was working on it. He, he was doing research on a book about the Hamlet Fire. And if you're a have been in North Carolina a long time, you may know about that, but you may not know about it, and if you're new, you probably don't know about it, but let's just say it is a worthy book, and we will be talking to Brian about the Hamlet Fire. I think the subtitle is Cheap uh, Food, Cheap uh, Government, and uh, Cheap Life, uh, and it is a kind of a frightening book to read, but that's on Wednesday night. Nostalgia Night on Thursday night. Don't know what it's going to be yet. Friday night will be trivia. But tonight we're talking about stamps and coins with Austin Maddox of Maddox Coins and Stamps. They're located in a building at 801 Overland Road. Mm-hmm. What is the office number there? Uh, we're in Suite 314. Suite, suite 314, okay. And that's, yes, I'm guessing that's the third floor. That's that is. How that works. Solid <laughs> logic there. But you've been there, what, about three years now, haven't you? Gosh, I don't think it's been that long, has it? Um, I mean, it did, it's yeah, only it's been a year, but maybe it's a year and a half, two years now, yeah. Time slips away is what it does. Tip it does. Fugit, yeah, right? you're right. Only Latin that I know, but it means time flies. Okay, yeah. we're talking about gold and silver. I don't know if we've finished that up, but it's it's interesting to follow gold and silver and, and these so-called yeah. precious metals. Do you know what a lodestone is? I don't. I th- I've been. I'm not sure I've got the right thing, but I've been watching this program of science. It's a science program that a man named James mm-hmm. Burke did back in the late part of the last century. And uh, one of the things that uh, he he starts back with the trade in the Mediterranean, and one of the things he brings up is why coins were mm-hmm. created. You know, they made the exchange yeah. better. You didn't have to haul your sure. cow o- over to somebody. You could just give them the value of the cow and the coins. Exactly. It was some people in Asia Minor, and I know you've been there. You, I have, yeah. You you lived there for a while. Um, mm-hmm. Came up with a, coil, a stone that they found in the river that would indicate gold, and if you rub the yeah. gold on it, it would indicate uh, sort of the value. Uh, if the gold was, uh, what am I trying to say, purer mm-hmm. than it, and in other places, you could you could right, regulate right. the value and so on. Right. That's why I brought. Yeah, that. I mean you're right. Exactly. I, the first coin, I mean, the, the precursor to coins was essentially the, the same the same thing. It was hunks of metal, as you said, that they would just they would just dig up. They didn't alloy it or anything. It's just, I mean, not to the extent they do now, at least. They, you know, and they would just kind of they would trade hunks of metal by weight. Um, they didn't become coins until they, you know, started stamping images and whatnot into them with, with the first coin being the Lydian lion around 800 B.C., give or take, in, in modern-day Turkey. So that, yeah, so they, it, it, it did exactly progress from cows to hunks of rock to hunks of rock with a, image, a crude image stamped into it. Well, they had to be careful, you know, if you were taking the metal in exchange that it was had not been alloyed and was, in fact, pure, and, and usually the stamp yeah. of some guy's head on there or, or some symbol would indicate, you know, that it was backed by the that king or the, the governor mm-hmm. of that area. I know your dad brought me a coin one night uh, to show it to me. 
I tried to slip it out, but I didn't succeed. <laughs> but it was a, a, a six piece of silver with a, yeah. a, a, a head on it from about 600 B.C. Mm-hmm. And it, that's the oldest man-made object that I've ever touched. Uh, the Athenian owl, yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, it. There are it. And just, I, I think it's something that is is as you said. You you can hold a object, a man-made object, in your hands that's that old. It's it's fascinating, and there's actually quite a few um, inexpensive examples, even from some of the early periods. A good example of one that's well known is the widow's mite, um, which is referenced in the Bible. Um, and those are very inexpensive. You, you can easily get one for $20 or less. So uh, just because they're that old doesn't mean it's something that's not accessible to everybody. You know, I've often thought I ought to do that because we've talked about coins a lot, and I've always been yeah. kind of interested in them, but I'm not a collector. So I ought to, yeah. I ought to loosen my wallet up a little bit and spring for <laughs> $20 or $30 coin just so I'll have yeah. one. Well, and to go in the opposite direction of the $20 widow's mite, uh, coming up on October 8th, so before the next time we'll talk, will be the auction of the 1794 silver dollar that broke the world record for most, the most expensive coin in, I think it was about 2013. I think so I saw uh, something when I was preparing for the program. Yeah. About that, is that the one with the with the sort of windswept hair on it? Yeah, the flowing hair, flowing hair. silver dollar, exactly. So 1794 was the first year of production, and this example is is in very nice shape, and it and it was clearly early in the dyes because as they as they stamp coins, they they're smashing the you know they're smashing the metal with these dyes. The dyes wear down with each smash, little by little. So this one, the details in all are very crisp, which makes them think that it's, it, it could very well be the very first silver dollar made for the U.S., literally the first one to come off the line. Probably in Philadelphia. Uh, right. So yeah. the, the, right, exactly. We started with only one myth. One myth. Um, and, we, and they didn't make very many. Uh, they're, you know, the U.S. was a new country. We, this was our first. Our monetary system was just getting off the ground. Um, people trusted the Mexican eight real. They didn't. They didn't know American money. They didn't trust American money. They wanted Mexican money, and that and that continued for a long, a long time. It took a long time for them to to gain trust. But so this is a very, it's a very historic, important coin. Um, the auction is with legend, legend numismatics. I think is the name. On October eighth, so we'll see if it breaks ten million, uh, ten point eight million. I think is what it sold for in two thousand thirteen. So we'll see what happens this time. Well, we'll have to we'll have to mine the news and see if there is a new value set. I know, or at least I think that I've learned from this program somewhere back there that that Spanish money, because the mm-hmm. Spanish controlled a lot of the you know South America and Mexico, oh, well, and yeah. a lot of gold. Uh, mm-hmm. exactly. That's one reason they were the target for a lot of pirates. Um, mm-hmm. Their money that remained in circulation in the in the brand new United States of America a long time. After. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because people and that's what our monetary system is based on too. We we use their we, we our silver dollar is the size of their eight real 
uh, half dollars a barrel to four real, et cetera, et cetera. Now, I remember, it seems like I heard some story about you could break off, the money was so soft, you could break off pieces, and then what you'd have was a piece of eight, so to speak. Yeah, that's, I, the, the, the uh, eight real, it be, it's about as thick as a silver dollar, so, I mean, you couldn't break it off without a very, very large hammer. Um, there are, now there are pieces, there are pieces of eight where a, a real was cut into pieces and then counter stamped, which right. means they stamped another image onto that piece. Um, those are pretty rare. There, there are examples of that. They're pretty rare. But, um, yeah, I, I've heard that that before as well, and it's just, it's just not possible. Oh, well, I was just wondering, you know, when we have, we have a lot of expressions in, in our oh, yeah. language that refer to money and so on. And mm-hmm. one of the ones that my grandfather was fond of was shaving a haircut two bits. And, uh, yeah, there uh, you go. That exactly. may have related to that. Uh, uh, <laughs> and it was like, uh, well, yeah. uh, if, 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 if uh, I wanted you to buy something for me, I might say, would you get that for me? And you say how much? I say a couple of bucks, you know, or, yeah, there you go. Or a grand or a saw buck or mm-hmm. whatever. We have a lot of expressions for money. Oh, yeah, we do. And uh, so this this auction coming up, um, just for anybody who may well be interested in viewing, if not, uh, and maybe purchasing, um, it is a live auction that is also on the Internet, so you can actually watch the auction. You can watch it being sold and see, and hopefully watch those numbers go up. Well, now you, you've sucked us in. You've got us set up now. What's the what's the web address that I would go to find to see it? it would, if you Googled Legend Numismatics, or at least or Legend Coin Auction, even just to make it simple, okay. uh, Legend Coin Auction, it'll you'll, you'll you'll certainly find it. With a coin that expensive, I'm sure they're paying for plenty of advertising on online, so shouldn't be hard to find. Yeah, they'll probably left their tracks all of. Well, this is wonderful. That's this right. is not the kind of news that we usually get, and that's one reason I always would like to have a program like yours on because there's some there's a lot of interesting stuff going on out there that you don't always know about, and sometimes I discover it and mm-hmm. I discover it too late or whatever. <laughs> we need to we need to take another break, uh, and the time right. is going fast tonight, Austin. And so, but uh, I'm, I'm having fun and I'm learning a lot, and I hope our listeners yeah. are they're driving along. Um, We'll come back and see if there any, any if there's any big stamp or any big. Uh, what am I saying? Trying to say coin news or anything else that you want mm-hmm. to talk about right after this. After this, Austin Maddox is our guest, and we're talking about numismatics and philately. In other words, coins and stamps. WCDF Radio. It's just about the clock over at nine fifty. That means we've got about six and a half minutes left in the program and. This is the Tom Kearney Show for Monday night, uh, September 28th, 2020. We told you already uh, that tomorrow night's going to be presidential debates, and uh, Wednesday night we're going to talk about the Hamlet Fire, the town of Hamlet and a, a chicken uh, factory that was uh, uh, caught on fire and uh, exploded, and they found out the doors had been locked so the people in there could not get out. And it's, it's a pathetic story. But uh, Brian Simpson will be our guest on Wednesday night. Tonight, Austin Maddox is our guest, and we're talking. We've we've had a good program talking about rare metals and about the coins that are made from them, and, and some of the that's right. Uh, 
changes that are made in them. Have there been any big, you mentioned the sale that's coming up. Mm -hmm. Have there been any big sales or any uh, uh, coin news? Now, I'm trying to remember, Lynn is the stamp mm -hmm. news, isn't it, Lynn? The Lynn. Correct. Yeah, Lynn Stamp News. Yeah, well, and that's, I think that's a good point to bring up. If, you know, anybody interested, there are, there's magazines that come out uh, once a month, but there's Lynn Stamp News, which uh, comes out once a month and talks about stamps. It tells a lot of great history and stories about stamps, um, you know, and, and, and what goes into them and, and whatnot as well. There's Coin World, which is, of course, about coins. It's a monthly publication that, again, has great stories and history in it. Um, there, there's, there's a publication for even world paper money. So if, if, you know, if anybody has interest in those, that's a great place to just learn all kinds of interesting information and stories behind U.S. coins, world coins. Well, you know it's a lot of fun. Too, because you've done a little bit of it. You used to pass his mm -hmm. copies on to me, and I learned sure. a lot of history <laughs> Like, you know, about Confederate coins, one mm -hmm. of the things that the Confederates did was basically, uh, I think it was a men in New Orleans, and what they did was just mm -hmm. simply adopt the uh, the uh, the U.S., uh, the Union, what mm -hmm. the Union, their, their things that punched right. out coins, and the coins were really not very different from the American coins. Oh, not at all. Yeah, they didn't make any of their own coins, really. But exactly. I, I read a thing I meant to mention it earlier when you were talking about the how the dice would, would dull as you punched out the coins. Mm -hmm. One of the one guy that they in, in Great Britain that became a producer of coins was he had been a button maker. He had a machine. Yeah. He, he mm -hmm. made buttons to put on people's fancy buttons to put on mm -hmm. men's jackets and so on. And and he got a little sideline in making money for the government and uh, and ended yeah. up doing that. That was his whole job. He ran the mint. Mm -hmm. And uh, this was like 1804 or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. When the history. Confederacy took over, they, I mean, they, they, they really didn't have the ability to get new dyes. So they just had to wear, as you said, in New Orleans, they just wore out the dyes they had. So in that, in the Civil War time period, the, the coinage from New Orleans just gets progressively weaker and weaker. Well, if I had a uh, some coin, a quarter dollar or a dime or whatever they called them in those days, that was, say, blurred a little bit, but the reason was that it was made, it was, it really hadn't been handled any at all, but made in Orleans. Mm -hmm. Would that be a valuable coin? Um, not not necessarily. Um, you know, if you get one that is a, that is that is uncirculated and but does have really really poorly stamped features, uh, yeah, it, 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 you can certainly make the uh, assumption that yeah. it probably was from the, you know, during the, you know, Confederate dies, um, and it could. It, it certainly lends a good story. Uh, something we do, we've got just a couple of minutes left, and uh, we've passed out some, you have passed out some good information tonight, some sort mm -hmm. of basic stuff that... If I was driving along the highway, I would, I'd be soaking this stuff up, and indeed I'm sitting here <laughs> talking to you soaking it up. But um, there, let's talk about where the mints are now, because I know there's, okay. a, new, there's a new mint that's not very old. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, right. So the West Point Mint is the newest one. They make a lot of the bullion products for the U.S., so the silver, the silver ounces, gold ounces, platinum 
and, and palladium houses. Uh, they do a lot of that. They also just recently started making some quarters, but they make way less than the other mints as just kind of a fun, uh, as just a bit of a fun thing for collectors. So if you if you go to the bank and get a roll of quarters um, that are new from 2020, then look through see if you have a W quarter. If so, then you've got a West Point, and it, they made a fair bit less of those than they did the other mints. And this is where the collector who ordered the quarter from each of the different mints, maybe he only collected sure. quarters. And, and sure, and just, you know, it gives you the opportunity to find something just in your own change. Yeah, right, and there's, there's one there in West Point. Uh, I know there's one in Philadelphia. Yep. So that's the main one. And that's then the main one, and there's one San in Francisco. San Francisco. That's right, that's a big old one. Yeah. Uh, New Orleans, like you mentioned before, is another of the uh, old, old mints. Uh, Denver would would have come along next. Right. Um, Carson City and Delon- Carson City, Delonaga, Georgia, and Charlotte uh, all came along during the gold because of gold and gold findings and whatnot. Charlotte and uh, Delonaga are not operative now, though, are they? And right, they're no longer. Neither is the neither is Carson City and uh, Manila in the Philippines. Technically, uh-huh. we had a mint there. Right, because uh, the Philippines belonged to the United States for mm-hmm. about exactly. 50 years, I think. Uh, exactly. And yeah. for instance, we actually minted, you'll find Philippines coin from, from the time period when, when we had occupied with S mint marks, so San Francisco. Okay. So Philippines coins minted in San Francisco. We're going and, to and stop. We're going to have to stop because we run out of time. We're having too much fun here. Awesome. All right. Thank you for being with us tonight. Thanks, Tom. Okay, and I'll talk to you a little, maybe tomorrow or the next day, okay? Sounds great. Okay, Thank thanks you. a lot. That was Austin Maddox, Maddox Coins and Stamps. We've been talking about coins and stamps and precious metals and mints and those kinds of things tonight. Tomorrow night, we'll be preempted by important political information, the presidential debates here on WPTF.